Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an X-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sean. I am Ed. And I'm Sharon. And today on the show, we are talking about season four, episode 20 of Past Regret and Future Fear, which is like the best title ever since season one's Everything Old is New Again. I love that title. Oh, I love oh, that one good, too. Good yeah, good shout. Yeah. Of um, past regret and future fears. Like, oh God, that could be the title of my autobiography. I just love <laughs> it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will throw in and present apathy as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, that's uh, right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Anyway, <laughs> how, how are we all this week? Are we well? Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. What I do we think? Oh, yes, you saw, you saw some... I was going to say, um, I saw some cute animals and I won't stop going on about it, so I apologise. You are um, right I to go saw, on about it. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, a Komodo, my mate, the Komodo dragons. That's that. Done. <laughs> and the sun has been shining, which has been... And nice. the sun has been shining, yeah. It's been dry today. So that that's always nice when, you, yes. when you're out and about. That is very true, yeah. Um, and... So, sorry, just for context, I mean, is Birmingham now a no, no, no go zone because it's just Komodo dragons everywhere on the streets? Yeah. Okay, great, cool, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, what did we think of this episode, folks? I liked it. Yeah, I also liked it. I, have I to thought say. it was a good one, and there were things that they did in that that was a bit like, oh, that was. But actually, I don't mind that you did that. Normally, that would, I'd be a bit, uh, we'll come to it. But there was a moment I was like, oh, normally I'd be a bit like, why did you do that? But actually, that's fine. I actually mm. think it's worked. And also, Anthony Edward directed it. Yes. How cool was that? I love seeing his name up there. And I mean, you could kind of always, so always tell because he, Dr. Green all of a sudden goes home, you know, quite early <laughs> oh, yeah, on in the shift, doesn't he? So, <laughs> um, but yeah. It's like, yeah, Dr. Green's a bit lazy this week, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt bad for him, though, because everybody kept just being like, God, you look so awful. What happened? <laughs> what war zone have you been fighting in? You know, it's like, all right, just calm. Like, leave he's, him be. He's, he's directing and acting at the same time. Yeah, at least did a night shift. And somebody yeah. licked somebody's a... shoe. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> that is that is strange. Strange, yeah. I tell you. Look, yeah. but, but no king shame. Yeah, you got there before me. Yeah, we do not king shame <laughs> on this don't. on this podcast. It was just a funny little drop in there. Oh, we need to do a tongue culture because she because he licked her boot because she asked him to. And I was like, okay, we're not gonna do any more, but fine. I like those mm-hmm. little moments of just randomness. And we get a little bit about voodoo that come, happens as well, like all of a sudden. That's yeah. treating voodoo people. It's like, okay. Anyway, so yeah, where where should we begin? What do you think? Um, how about how mm, oh actually no, no, that that's that's a big one. Uh, da, 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 da. how about car how about Carter? Yeah, <laughs> let's put Carter first. Welcome yes, to Carter's corner. Can let's I... put the cart before the horse. Sorry. Um yeah, anywho. Um, yeah. Moving on. We can edit um, this out, it's fine. Please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, what are we going to do with you, Sean? How long have you been waiting to say that, or did it literally just come to you? Around season one, episode one. I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. Um, we didn't mention it when we talked about him doing the show jumping. I know, that would have been a great moment when we talked about him in his... It was too soon. It would have been expected. Or the painting that Anna saw. Yeah. Too soon. No, so too expected. Yeah. Gotta wait till he's nowhere near a horse. <laughs> couldn't couldn't do that. I couldn't disappoint you like that. 
um can I just say I don't know what Carter's doing to his hair in this episode but he looks handsome he gets out of that jeep of his which I have to say I've, I've always had such a crush on the jeep anyway um and he kind of you know comes out and I was like oh somebody's freshly shorn and I like it yeah he was looking cute yeah, it was yeah the, sh- the short on the sides the bit along on top is quite nice when he has the kind of the Beatles do go and it's he always looks well we always look Carter but it's sometimes Carter is more Carter than Carter Carter yeah. Carter, Carter, Carter Carter I started that sentence without really knowing where it was going <laughs> much it's like Michael Scott um yes yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know, so Carter ends up, you know, he's at, he, he, it turns out he's at the um, Chase's facility, medical facility, where the doctor is discussing with him and Gamma about if, um, if they should, uh, should he be released, I guess, because the doctor feels he's not making progress and maybe that means he'll not have use of his left side, I think. And he's arguing, actually, he could be taken care of at home. Um which Gamma's kind of nodding to and seems to be listening, but but Carter's the exact opposite. He's very much like actually no, it, he does use his left. He just favors his right. You've got to you've got to push him. I think he needs to stay here. And then we get that really, you know, that scene where where Carter goes in and actually sits with Chase, who we, who just I don't, every time you see him, I feel like it's a little bit more shocking just because yeah. of how. Because this week, so the first week when we saw him, you know, he was just really depressed. And he, yeah, he spilt the, we saw he couldn't really, you know, hold things and he'd spilt the, the water all over himself in the book. And then in this one, you know, he you can't really understand him speaking. Yes, he looks a little bit better in himself in that he doesn't look su- as suicidal as I guess he did before. But I don't know, it just points again, like he can't do a lot, you know, Carter's trying to get him to draw just with his left hand and he's dropping the pencil. And I kind of like, I... I really feel for John Carter in this scene because like he might not necessarily be wrong. You know, sometimes it like I myself, um, you know, I'm right dominant in terms of my hand and my foot. So I can certainly, uh, I realize very unique situation, but certainly say if you're going through some sort of physio, you tend to favor one side over the other, but no, you do have to push the other side as well. If the case was so, I can understand. No, listen, you just have to keep at it. You have to push him a little bit. So, so to a point, I have a lot of sympathy for what he's trying to do. And I can also see why, you know, the, the doctor who's present is a bit like, do you really think we didn't think that John? He doesn't say (laughs) it, but you can kind of feel that in the room. But it's just like, no, 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 John, you need to go through the motions and we're going to let you do that. That's the feeling I got in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of they've had to do that before on ER. And sometimes, in some cases, you know that somebody's not accepting something. So actually, let's go through the motions a little bit to try and and get there. So, do mm. you really think that Chase should probably has come to the end of his stay? Because I I feel like they don't really answer that for us. They definitely don't. And to be honest, I suppose this is the great cop out answer. They don't really show us in the episode, but because it's more focused on. John than Chase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I, I suppose, in a way, to, up to this point, anyway, Chase stopped being a character when he had his overdose and became a sort of oh, a device. plot point plot for device. a device. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For for John, mm. and uh, that may change in the coming weeks. But for now, it's a bit like 
we're sort of watching John come to terms with his decision to fight so hard for Chase when perhaps he, well, as, as we know, what was the right or wrong call there? It's up to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably in some form of denial and, and and that's just tough as well, isn't it? So it's not like they can't afford it. (laughs) You know, it's not like they're going to be homeless if Chase stays there another week. So, um, but why not? So, I mean, then he ends up, you know, he goes to obviously to the hospital to do his shift. Um, and the first case he gets is, it is Mr. Lorenzo, isn't it? The patient with cerebral palsy. Yeah. Is it him who's his first? I think um, so. I think, yeah. I think I've got that on my list. So I'm going to start there. So while well, somebody Great, comes yeah. in, it's a really horrible storyline when you hear mm. about it. Basically, it was an auto versus pedestrian, but the pedestrian is a man who was in a wheelchair and whoever the was driving clipped his wheelchair and then just left the scene it sounds like and he was obviously injured and uh, the guy was injured and they suspect he has cerebral palsy because he um just you know he's unable to answer things and just some of his movements and it's interesting actually because it's it's then really tricky to treat somebody because as Carter says you know we don't know his baseline we don't know what what his normal is so he, he asks Weaver, doesn't he? He kind of he, he brings Weaver mm. in because they're just not sure how to how to help or how to treat or how to understand. And it it just shows, you know, that extra level of kind of if somebody comes in with another, uh, you know, very specific or different need, how complex that can be for them to then access care. I guess. Yeah, that's it. And there's there's actually there's an excellent this this storyline i think is it's quite small in the grand scheme of the episode but it, it it's quite a well placed uh, mr Lorenzo is a well placed character for yeah. helping us as an audience kind of get past our bias of what we see we yes. we see yeah. somebody with cerebral palsy who has or seemingly has difficulty in communicating but he actually doesn't you just need to sort of understand what he's trying to tell you which is shown yeah. best when his PA arrives, but he's well able of making himself understood. And so seeing it through Carter's point of view and Anna's as well, like they're them, in, in fairness, the, the poor two, they're clearly trying to help. They have all the best with <laughs> They're just not used to poor Mr. Lorenzo. Um, and, but everyone's there with the best of intentions, including Mr. Lorenzo, who's just like, hang on, let me, I, I will count it out with, obviously he uses his leg for this um, and he's able to like John is able to speak to him he understands them perfectly yes. they're just not used to the way that he speaks it's yeah in a way it's comparable of somebody who comes in and just doesn't speak English absolutely yeah and yeah. I think there's a moment as well isn't there when as you say so he he's he's trying to tap out a number or he's trying to tap out communicate they think possibly he's having a seizure you know because they, they've not seen it before and I love this why I love this storyline as well is because they really play with our expectations you know this idea of this poor vulnerable man mm. who's in his wheelchair who can't speak and you know has been left all alone and and poor him and he's probably quite low status and then when the PA comes you know we have that moment where he communicates and it <laughs> learns it turns out actually the fault is more in the fact that we don't know how to communicate you know we don't have brilliant communication with different kinds of people or we don't have great ways diverse ways yeah. of communicating that can help 
you know bring everybody together but also it you know it just you know the PA comes in and we find out that this guy is a brilliant man Mr Lorenzo he he knows all these languages and he has a the world's expert in hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, which bores yeah. the crap out of Carter, which I thought was funny because he was like, I know, I heard. Um, I just thought I really loved that because they really do play with this idea of we're all just thinking, oh, you know, some carer will come in and be like, yeah. oh, I don't know what happened. Or there'd be a really sad story. But actually, he, he's this brilliant man who... Mm. And it shows us that intellect can can come in very different ways. And we sometimes have an idea of what intellect looks like. But actually, you know, yeah, it's one of those storylines I love ER for because it goes, here's something you think, but we're going to flip it the other way. Yeah. And I love when he communicates, you know, when he manages to bang out that number and all of a sudden people, you know, it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. We're getting somewhere. And I just I love moments where people can connect even if they're not really speaking the same language or they have different ways and somehow it, the message gets through it just warms something in my heart it's um he's got a very dry wit as well as lorenzo yeah. and i love how that comes to the fore and i really like that carter and anna do look quite abashed about look quite kind of we got this wrong yeah and exactly. we're gonna learn and we're gonna have egg on our face and mr lorenzo knows do you know what i mean you can see in his eyes like yeah you guys screwed up but it's okay. And he's so nice about it. I yeah, really exactly. got the sense in the, I'd be interested to see if you agree. I really got the sense that the way they handled this, I didn't get a sense of tokenism. No, here. That like, was it, yeah. And we are doing the person with disabilities this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I didn't get that. Fe- it didn't feel like um the very special episode. Yes. Right. Here comes a yeah. rainbow more, you know, type. Uh, yeah. It felt very, um, as well. It felt very, real like he seemed mm, like a fully organic. fleshed out character rather than here is a plot yeah. device you know we're gonna yeah, now yeah. subvert this expectation which is something that yeah. er can do so well so i, I no really liked that no turn to the camera like yes i guess we all learned something this week didn't exactly yeah. do you know what i mean you're right yeah from yeah. now on anna we will never treat you know think yeah, this yeah. about somebody who comes in, you know it was all very yeah organic like you say and mm-hmm. and it was a great way to kind of explore that and obviously it's you know it's bringing Anna and Carter a little bit closer they're working again on something uh, together and uh, we've seen them kind of getting closer and closer and we had they had the discussion previously about you know some guy that she was talking about that she's still mm-hmm. a little bit hold up on um, which I just you know it, they're quite lovely together they have a really good chemistry don't they even if they're not together together but you can see carter's obviously really really wanting that um she's an equal to him i think and she can challenge him where Mm. others might not and she has challenged him especially on his bs and i think carter will always need somebody who challenges him yeah like he's come so far and he still has that tendency to slip every now and again obviously with the way he handled things with chase with when Mm. he used the the patient's own blood for a sort of a retransfer that was obviously the big turning point i think in their relationship yes i agree Um, and i think right up until one second in this episode you're like is this the week is this the week? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly. so you know, Carter's eating cookies outside. You know, which you know, cookies are huge in our household. I have to say, I love cookies. He loves cookies. We're married anyway. That's how it works. Of course, no. that's how it works. Um, you know, and, and Anna comes and she has uh, some of the cookie, and she's about to go home, and and all of a sudden, you know, 
she turns and she said she leaves him and and she goes over to a man who's emerging from a taxi and he's in the way the guy is touching her we realize this is oh, very intimate. the ex you know yeah she looks very uncomfortable as well especially in front of carter who's kind of looking on a bit confused but you know it really sets up that we're now going to meet this guy we've been we've been talking about for a while this drug addict who at this point doesn't look you know he just looks very kind of professional and not that people who are drug addicts can't be professional often they can but they are but chase was Exactly, yeah, yeah, I think the idea of the way we think about junkies or mm. addicted people or whatever, you know, that that horrible stereotype actually here comes. This guy looks fine, yeah. looks healthy. Um, but kind of before all that, Carter has, a, him and Gamma have a moment because mm. she comes to the hospital and obviously we know there's been this, this tension between kind of Carter wanting to be a doctor and wanting to not follow the family and, and Chase was actually going to be the one you know running the business but obviously he now can't and 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 gamma comes because she wants to apologize to carter and she wants to say you know what i trust you and it's it's like a nice gesture of goodwill isn't it it's like a actually what you say is important and it matters and you do have expertise we're going to follow you on this um but then she does lay down the kind of please you know stop being a doctor after your residency you could do it part-time which I thought was a lovely just do it part-time like it's a hobby yeah just you know in the evenings and at weekends um it's not watercolor painting or stamp collecting nip in and out you'd be grand yeah what's your hobby I like working in the ER you know it's not that that was me trying to be a child but oh I like it like a you know like a rambunctious hello I like anyway we're going to get oh, off okay. that. Um, so she kind of says that to him. And he has a really beautiful comeback because he says, you know, I want to be a doctor. I'm a doctor. It's all I've ever wanted to be. And it is something about him that, that has really stood firm is that that is what drives him. Mm. And mm. I think more so than all the other doctors, because he could have so easily had a very very different life Mm -hmm. and to reject all that and to continuously every single day kind of defy his family and defy defy convention just shows how much how dedicated and how much he wants it I don't think you know Gamma is really understanding this I still think she at some point she thinks he's going to get up one day and go no I want to be in the foundation you know I think she holds on to that maybe she has to maybe that's her denial but Mm. But I like that John was able to kind of say that to her and be honest and not make excuses. He just laid out his truth and said, it's it's just not going to happen, you know. Get off this old bird. It ain't happening, is what he said. <laughs> she seems... He said to you afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. I wish I'd yeah. said that. Yeah. 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 Just well, fired, well, fired a text while he was going. Would you be? I was in his res- yeah. yeah. Just, she seems respectful of it. Like when he's, yeah, when yeah. he's very like, no. She's yeah. like, basically, sure, look, had to try, had to say it. Had to you know? try, and she does, and she offers the... It must be scary that you build up your foundation all these years, and it's been passed down and passed down, and now all of a sudden, you know, the generation above John Carter, you know, the, from what we hear, it sounds very, like, absent, and they're enjoying the spoils but not doing the work, whereas yeah. I think it's all then fallen onto kind of John and Chase and and all of them to do it. And that's not really fair, is it? If yes, no. people have got to find their own way. And he just looks so happy being a doctor, doesn't he? 
he does. He's clearly meant to be it because so much passion and so much energy and effort must, by definition, go in to being a doctor because, you know, you can't get it over the weekend with an online degree unless your name is Malucci. So, like, <laughs> don't besmirch him. <laughs> he went to the University of Grenada. Uh, he, I, I love the fact that he goes, still counts, um, which it I'm sure it does. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 they live in such a different world, in such a different mindset that something you train for and study for for years, even that is just uh, that's that that's great, yeah. So you starting on Monday in the foundation or are we thinking Thursday? I also really love that way of, you know, most people be so impressed with the fact that their grandson is a doctor and that he wants to pursue this noble art. And they just really are like, you can imagine them around canapes being like, oh, John, you know, he's a little bit lost, but he'll be back (laughs) into the fold, like as if he's, you know, on some trail in Bali. you know, doing yoga, he's slumming it at County General, yeah, oh, dear. Yeah. just saving lives again. You know, yeah. as if like it's nothing, which, which is just brilliant. I, but, I, um, I like how they've written Gamma, as in they could have made her just a dragon, couldn't they? They could have, oh, yes, this haughty upper class waspish woman who I can't believe you know, clutching her pearls, but she's from the moment you know she has that meeting with Carol, ends up telling her about the time she. What was it what she rebuffed JFK for the, but not for the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. She um, did her colourful past. Again, it's it's yeah, it's another kind of aspect of the writing that she's a rounded character and not just they, like I say they could have copped out and just made her in, you know really horrible. John, you will come back to the foundation yeah, this yeah. instant. Do not defy me, boy. Do you know yes. that kind of obvious thing? But they didn't. Absolutely, yeah. It, 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 it's great. Um, but that's kind of Carter this week. That's like his storyline. He he obviously is helping out with other people and um, him and Doyle have another little run in over the... Because Doyle's back. Forgot her, did you? Um, <laughs> Doyle, they, she knew. <laughs> yeah, no clue, no clue. Um, and they kind of have a little run in, which is a nice little... Life's yeah. still life, you know, it'll still go, it goes on, even though you don't see these characters having this conversation every day. They're still kind of reacting to yeah. each other in that way, which I thought was a nice little touch. But um, yeah, that's Carter this week. It's, it's, yeah, they're still butting heads because they do. Of course they do. Because You have to wonder, though, I'd, I'd love to ask Georgia Fox, like, did they just get her in for a weekend and film all of her scenes for the season together? <laughs> Maybe. she was, was she going into CSI at the time? I remember when she started on that. I thought there was a bit of a bigger break, but I don't know, to oh, be honest. Okay. I don't know. That's just... Because you'd just be like, you'd be so... I mean, like, I'm, look, this is the nature of the industry, but you're kind of like, God, I hope it wasn't just like, you're working tomorrow. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, cool. No problem. Yeah, we need you for a scene tomorrow. Whereas I'm sure it is like that for an awful lot of performers out there. Like, it's yeah. last minute and, yeah, we need you for... What is it? Day player? Would that be the right term? That is, but she wouldn't come under that because because she had like a role role for this. I think I just wonder if it was like, you know, she'd wait every week for her ER script to come and it just wouldn't turn (laughs) up. And and then when it did turn up, she'd like, okay, let me find my. Oh, there's my page. Oh, one page it is this week. Like I just (laughs) flicking through the script going. Yeah. Ah, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) On page 50. (laughs) And a gun was hidden in the first. (laughs) It's over. Bring me, your yeah. own gun prop, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that would be. So, where would you like to go next, young Sean? Where would I like to go next? I think I would actually like to go to the lovely Peter Benton. Yay. Oh, Benton. Because I think he has, I think he has a good week 
Um, although he he might not agree, but I think he has a good week. I um, agree with you, and he's just getting in his own way. All the things that aren't mm. going hundred percent for him because he's kind of causing those issues. But it it's sweet because we open on up on quite a loved up, lovely, you know, mm. Benton Corday scene. You know, he's getting ready. He's obviously spent the night. She's come back in from yoga and is going to work. Um. And I love how he so casually drops in the fact that he's it's Reese's christening, you know. Mm. It just really shows the place of their relationship is just kind of. I mean, I I say that, but actually, Benton isn't a sharer, is he? He's not. Oh. I'm going to sit down and tell you, tell you everything, whether you're with him full time or friends were benefiting. I imagine. I'd, I'd say you could be five years into a marriage with him before you know if he likes you or not. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I said I do, didn't I? Yeah. God, you know, what more you. do you want? I was yeah. at the wedding. Yeah, but your beeper went off four times. <laughs> yeah. You performed you said, surgery during the vows. You shouted, I do, running down the aisle. Yeah. And I can't tell if it ambulance. was to me or if it was, yeah, to the So oh, your beeper. Yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, life with Benton. Um, <laughs> it's a sitcom waiting to happen. Isn't it? it really is. Uh, I mean, I'm very interested in his family. We only get a little peek at them this week mm. but you know the dynamics are coming across he, he turns up at the church where Jackie and they're those aren't Jackie's children or are they supposed to yeah, be yeah. Jackie's children those are her children I, I think, think so. so oh um, yes because she she has a daughter and a son doesn't she yeah yeah yes you're right does she have two sons I thought she had two sons but I feel like a daughter maybe she has two sons and a daughter maybe that because I was I was listening to the name and now I can't remember the name but it wasn't I think the name of the son we will meet later. Yeah, oh, the tragic. Right. I think there's a younger son, isn't there? I like think a there's smaller. a younger son. We didn't see it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Jackie's with them and, and, and Peter kind of saunters up and they have a nice little chat. And obviously the gossip is out about Benton and, and, and Corday and and they're trying to get the get kind of that from him. And I'm like, oh, you know, what about your partner and you know granddad would be rolling in his grave um yeah yeah thought, bloody hell so you're kind of in that moment you're like oh maybe peter kind of wasn't making it up in his head when he was no. like maybe there will be issues if we're together it's like oh at least his niece is uh you know at least voicing you know that yes there maybe there will be an issue uh yeah. in the family it's like bloody hell all right but I, lo- I love even before we get there like it's so funny because of how just mature uh, Corday is about their hookup dalliance. It is a relationship, but the fact that they know each yeah. other, but like, doesn't necessarily a relationship can be one night. Do you know what I mean? So like, dalliance is a thing that's an apt. I like descriptor. Cool. Yeah, and it's like he's nearly no, he's not tying himself up in knots, but like he's obviously trying to get out of the apartment in the morning because he's got his christening to go to. Yeah, um, he's not being rude. She's just like, I'm not exactly barring the door, Peter. You know, I, was like, I offered you breakfast. Uh, and it's yeah. <laughs> tea and toast. Getting too coupley, isn't it, for him? He's like, oh, yeah. she wants marriage. <laughs> She's just like, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally oh. just being a civil human being, you know. 
And it's, um, so it's so funny. And then, yeah, when he rocks up in his lovely suit, he's looking very well, we'll he say. He does look well, doesn't uh-huh. he? And and he she even says to him, like, it's fine, I'm not coming to, you know, because he kind of mentions that Christine mm. is like, oh, sorry, I didn't. And she's like, I didn't expect an invite. Like, <laughs> this has got nothing to do with me. You carry on. But he's, this again, you know, is are his own hang-ups. But, yeah, we get, we get that little kind of moment of actually the family will have a problem. It's definitely been discussed, you know. There are thoughts about it. Um, and, and and Jackie quiets her children down and <laughs> and then, you know, Benton leaves to go into the church. But it set that little seed, hasn't it, of kind of that mm. this isn't an easy time for for Benton. But also it kind of says to me, I wonder if this is also why he's a bit apprehensive about the, you know, I think he thinks more of Corday than just being a fun buddy. But I, I feel, see. you know, um, this could be one of the reasons why he's struggling so much with that as well. Yeah, and and then he's got he's obviously got a almost an identity crisis when he enters the church, and yeah. it's it, no. I suppose the the priest says the priest makes an assumption, um, yes. which I think in the context of where everyone's standing is a perfectly innocent assumption carla yeah. is holding reese and roger is sort of couple yeah. with carla he's, he's, yeah, he's next to her yeah. yeah and so priest looks over and see i mean i'm generalizing here but you're standing in the context of a church you look over you see a couple holding a child you're like oh i presume this is your child yeah and, and and he's got the bag roger's got the the, the bag as well so uh, i think that also bag. really helps go oh so yeah. these two are the people yeah so mm. he kind of says oh you know mom dad come this way and, and peter very quickly is like i'm the father you know and and pretty soon grabs reese off carly you know i'll be holding him i'll be doing very territorial all of a sudden um there was this which, very funny yeah. note. i was wondering yeah, did, you, did you notice this it was so funny right uh, and it's in the direction of the scene so uh right toward the end of the scene uh so peter's just picking up reese and it looks like the scene has ended and Candy Alexander steps up on the altar and clearly has not been given any direction or don't know what. She's just kind of standing there. The only thing she's not doing is swinging her arms. And it's you kind of you kind of get the feeling like, were they meant to cut this scene if you said earlier? <laughs> and it was just so funny because it was just like, and then the scene just ends. It doesn't go anywhere. Like, <laughs> Couple of extra seconds on Candy just standing there looking a bit lost. <laughs> were we were were we? Paying by the second for Gandhi Alexander because she's a special <laughs> guest star, so fair play. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Or or did the episode run a bit short? I just or, thought that was so funny. Maybe, yeah, maybe she has like a clause. If you're gonna have me, it's gotta be worth my time. I have to be on screen for this amount of time. And they were like, shit, we haven't got anything to do with that. I'll just just keep it rolling. There you go. Um, you're here. Um, uh, and then yeah. the kicker, I think, for Benton is that Reese cries, doesn't he? And and Roger yeah. is the one who knows mm. how to kind of quiet him down. So, so his feathers are ruffled. We can say at this point, you know, he's got his family who are having issues with Corday, and he's got issues with the fact that Roger is kind of making him feel a bit crap at his own son's baptism and not feeling like he's part of it. I guess as well. Yeah. Um, so he does what he does best, and that is goes to the ER because why not? It's his day off. Let's head to the ER. I like that idea. You know, people have their things that when they're not feeling great or they need a distraction, they go to, you know, normally it's kind of fun things, but for Benton, it's surgery. I need to cut a body open. Um, <laughs> Which is 
worrying, but at least he's a doctor. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, healthy, a doctor. Yeah, it's a healthy outlet. It's like Dexter. He knows <laughs> it. I was actually thinking that song, you know, kind of like, ah, <laughs> off to get some cling film. This is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he kind of, he turns up at the, at, at the hospital and Corday is like, oh, hello, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I'm here to do post-op notes. And at this point, I'm not sure if he thinks he's there to do that or I think, A, he wants to see Corday and kind of tell her, but when he sees her, I think he can't. And B, I think he's also wanting to wait around in case something comes up that he can jump into, uh, were, were my thoughts, but, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, kind of nearly, nearly a degree of loitering. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of like... Um, <laughs> like it's Benton's week to be an ambulance chaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clearly, you know, he's he's in control in the hospital. He's needed. He's not part of the scenery. He's not a background artist. He is right there in the middle of stuff, isn't he, in the hospital? Yeah. Even definitely. if it's on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, pretty soon he's, you know, a, a man runs in with his son and Benton takes the son off him and starts running down the hall with him. It turns out that the dad ran his son over. Um, he didn't see him and he didn't realise and the son has now lost consciousness. Obviously, it's, yeah. it's, it's a horrible moment. You know, Benton is, Benton and Doug kind of run that, that whole um, trauma room moment uh, between trying to figure out what it is and they have to do a peritoneal lavage which now we know looks at um you know if there's internal bleeding because that's yeah something it's quite dangerous you have to rule out you know and um even as jake peralta says you know it's internal that's where the blood is supposed to be that is not <laughs> correct um yes but in specific parts <laughs> yeah. Yeah. generally yeah. inside the vessels yeah, yeah. In, in a very general sense, sure, sure, I see where your thought process is. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it turns out he needs surgery, you know, and Benton is going to perform it. And so he goes up to do that. And 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 Corday turns up because Corday is actually on call for the ER. So she comes in and is very like, oh, Peter, I didn't, I thought, mm. didn't expect you were doing this. And Benton you know, has to push away, push her away because he's, oh, he's angry. So awkward with her. He's horrible. He's like, well, what did you think? Did you think that I'd done this on purpose? That I'm just waiting around. I just, I happened to be here. You know, you weren't here and it was lucky I was here. And it, it, it's not nice, is it? It's horrible. Right. And Corday looks a bit quite abashed, really. And mm. um, and then a moment that makes me laugh quite a bit, actually, because he comes out of surgery to talk to the father, who's obviously so worried and so scared. Yeah. And he starts saying, you know, you know, we tried really hard to stem the flow of the bleeding and to do this. And we had to give him a splenectomy and he's going into all this jargon. And the dad's like, but is he alive? I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, That's Peter. The key piece of information. He's not Open hearing with anything that. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like a splenectomy. I'm like, tell him what that means. Yeah, uh, and a splenectomy first started in 1812. Yeah. You know, and he's like, no, tell me if my son is breathing. You know, yeah. the splenectomy went very, very well. It was a shame he didn't live, but the actual yeah. <laughs> the itself is fine. It's perfect. Look, yeah. Yeah. would you like to study it? Yeah, exactly. Here it is in a jar. Yeah, but it just shows kind of how absent-minded I think he is mm. because of everything else that's kind of going on. Um, but you know he's he's kind of had that horrible. I don't like it when he was shouting at 
um, at Cordain. It's it, it's no. horrible. The next time we find him, he is very much auditioning for Batman. He is standing on top of the dark. <laughs> yeah. You know, the city is behind him. He's on the dark rooftop. All he needed was the cape and the kind of mask to, and to be watching the citizens of Gotham below. I think Eric LaSalle would make, make would have made a brilliant oh, Batman. Yeah. Why have we never had that? Oh, because people are racist. Oh yeah, that's it. Well, that would be a pretty pretty solid reason. Yeah. 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 But no, he's he's. he's I, I can't believe I haven't thought of it before. I saw him on there and I was like, "Where is oh, your Batman stinkers?" <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Including one who was in this television show. But anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to listen to your podcast about that. But I, yeah, oh, I have opinions. But... So what opinions. Was have either of you seen? There's a little comic online. It's uh, it's a meme, and it's Batman, and he's standing on the edge of a, you know, there's a gargoyle yeah. or something. Mm. But then just behind him, there's a sign that says brooding 10 minutes or less. And behind him is Spider-Man and behind him is Spawn. I've not seen that, but I love I like it. That. that is absolutely uh, brilliant. It's just like, I like it. It's like, be considerate. You know, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Superheroes also have rules, you know. They all have things they have to be kind to each other and considerate. Yes, um, exactly. So he's having his Bruce Wayne moment at the top of the, you know, thinking about oh, everything that's going wrong. And Corday finds him up there. And with her usual kind of punk, the way she can puncture his his anger or his brooding mm. or his, you know, she very much is up there. She's been very jovial with him. He he does apologise, which is great. Um, but she does, she jokes about his brooding veneer, which she thought she'd, you know, broken, she'd broken through, but obviously she hasn't. And, and, and Benton actually opens up to her, which is nice. And he explains about the fact that he didn't feel like, he should you know he was mm. the the father of Reese and he didn't feel like he had a place and and all that and then he does something really like he makes a declaration he's ready he's gonna in open defiance of everyone take her to this yeah to the party and really sensibly Corday knows that this is not that moment yes. and she I... says to him no this is Reese's day you go you are gonna go alone and this is why we love Corday because she's just Every week I fall more and more in love with oh. her again, because obviously I did the first time around as well. Yeah. And then again, when she was in Doctor Who and now again from the rewatch, she's just because she has just such a wonderful head on her shoulders. Um, and it's not that she doesn't want to be involved in Peter's life. She's just like, yeah. it's fine. Like if it, if this moment is coming, it will come. Mm. But today it's a statement. Another day it'll be a date. Yeah. yeah, in the you right know. way, because today it's uh, I'm going to put you in their faces because I'm annoyed about them. And I'd, and on another day, it'll be I'm actually introducing you to my partner, yeah. you know, and I think she's very savvy about that because that can be, a t you know, with somebody who's quite withholding and never really wants to, isn't great at letting you in. You know, the minute they give you an in, it's so easy to jump at that. And she's so cool headed about the fact that she goes, no, because I think she knows as well in the future he'll look back and resent that maybe but she's very much like oh i'm going to step away very confidently they have a lovely kiss um and then you know benton flies off into the night gets in the batmobile yeah gets in his batmobile off he goes um <laughs> carter batmobile is his as well yeah carter is his robin <laughs> oh absolutely oh 100 percent yeah oh. we see this film just as they're driving away, the camera pans out. You just it just kind of pans out on the back of Clooney's head, and you can just see him like visibly like shaking. It's the birth uh, of the joke. Does he become? I was going to say, does he become the ba a baddie because of that? Like, 
his origin story is <laughs> potentially most charming joker ever? ever Ooh, charming handsome joker yeah he's got this sort of cheekiness and he's got that big grin hasn't he he could be maniacal i think could be yeah mm. what have we just created folks <gasps> i could see him more as a two-face actually Politician. Well, Harvey mm. Dent was meant to be yeah. this handsome, brilliant person before he got. And yeah. we are having a fantastic segue. Yes, we are. Segue. Yes, we are. Um, I think or, actually maybe to pull it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say, look, Hollywood, you hear, heard it here first. Just get us involved. We've got an idea. We think well, yeah. it will work. We'll take yeah. executive producer credits. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 52% of the profits. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. Gross. Each, that doesn't work. Gross, not net. That's where oh. they'll screw you. And we want yeah. merchandising. You've got to get merchandising. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And top billing as well. Right. Park that. Back, that's back. That's for another time. <laughs> um, I think back. So on the mentorship, let's kind of hit the rewind button and go to the start of Corday's day. Yes, yes. So she comes in having done, looks like maybe yoga or certainly a work because she's coming in. I think she's holding a yoga mat when she comes in the door. Yeah. Um, and like... Fair play to anyone who can work out in the morning, but also to someone who's a doctor who can work out in the morning. Like if anyone had an excuse to just doctor downtime when they get home. Well, that too. Well. On a Sunday before work. Did. Like she like, is a superhero. Yeah. I don't want to be too gross, but I imagine they didn't get much sleep. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, she does hint to the fact that she had a lovely night. And I she, bet she did. And she knows how to make Benton blush and to get that smile from him yeah. and their chemistry is so hot that I yeah. have turned my heating off and I'm just <laughs> living on that Ooh. yeah um, it, I don't want to keep banging on about this relationship and I obviously respect Peter, uh, Peter LaSalle, Eric LaSalle's viewpoint and I get but he doesn't have that chemistry with Michael Michelle's character in, in future seasons he doesn't I'm afraid and nor does she I'm afraid Corday with I don't Green. think Green and Corday work, but that's that I know is gonna get a lot of you know hate. Black. But there are things out there that other people like that are you know that I True, like yeah. and other people don't like. That's that's the fandom. We don't attack, we go great. Exactly. Exactly. Your um, view, my view, yeah. Well, well, it's horrible, isn't it? Because the next thing, next time we see Corday, she's in the lift and she's trying to get away from Romano who happens oh. to get into the lift with her and he says are you going up or down she says or he says are you going down and she says up and he says that's fine that works and it's like well how does that work yeah. so yeah. you know I don't know I could just feel I thought it was so well acted because I could just feel how much she was trying to get out of that lift and yes. not have any conversation with him and her just her kind of what's the word you know body language is just mm. brilliant because she doesn't look at him. She's trying not to start conversation with him. When he does ask her questions, she's trying to be as kind of polite and but firm and one worded as possible, you know, not give him too much is what is she's trying to do. But it, but Romano does not read body language well at all. He does. I, I think I think as well, he's like he just doesn't care as well. It doesn't compute. He's already written the scenario, excuse yeah. me, written the scenario in his head. Um and like he's I, I, I can't remember how they segue onto him saying you know right let's discuss your future 
Uh, oh, because yeah, because oh, you're doing a lot in the ER recently. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah he kind of comes at her about that, and she she senses he might be a bit annoyed. That could be her own, you know, her own paranoia about the fact that she knows the reason she's doing a lot more ER is to kind of get away from him. Um, so she, it's funny actually, because he's just trying to ask her out, but she's like, "Oh, is it about this? Or is it about my future? Is you know, she's very panicky about it all." Yeah. Um, I just want to say, though, give me Romano's confidence with the opposite sex because I wouldn't even believe that I would be able to be in the same lift as Corday, breathing the same air, let alone be like, she's going to want to date me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, wow, whatever he is on, I kind of want some of that because it was, I just love the way he just doesn't read her at all and in his head it's perfectly viable that she would want to be with him, even though he's been nothing but vile to her all this time. Because mm, um, mm. I think he sees fighting as foreplay. That's that's yeah. that's the impression I get off him. Yeah. Like if you know, like last week she says, "Will you stop being such a prick?" And he's like, "I see, we're taking this to the next level." Mm. Yeah, it's exactly like, that. So we're married now. What? No. It's <laughs> like, how can you be? So intelligent, he is an incredibly gifted surgeon. Yeah. And yet so thick. Now, obviously, there's arrogance plays into this as well, because you know, but of course she wants me because of course she does. I um, feel like he's one of those kids who was never told no. Yes. And he assumes if he asks, he gets. Yes. And so even though yeah, he does deal with her her rejection essentially, which I think anybody else would read as it's not really her rule. Mm. it's you know but um yeah he he just he just lays it out like logically uh we work together we get on and um, we have the same hours Let's it was funny days. actually when he was doing that because they to me were quite a few reasons why they shouldn't be together yeah. you know he was this way he was talking about it i was like and, and you're trying to use that as your argument to be together you could see how nervous he was i think because when the um the waitress came over, you know, he asks her about all the salad dressings and she tells him and then he says no soup. And I think, yes, you could oh, read po- possible horrible it- arrogance. But I also think that he was nervous and kind of went, actually, I don't oh. even want salad. I just want, I'll have soup. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely possible. Am um, I being too fair? <laughs> like, <laughs> potentially. I read snobbery, to be honest. I did get snobbery off I as well. I thought snobbery, yeah. but I wondered where the snobbery came from and I wondered if there was a sense of... I think I think he's more scared than he lets on about it. That's why he the way he's asking her and the way he's um the way he's approach approaching it all. I think he just seems a bit as much as he's being matter of fact, I felt like there was a little bit of kind of if I lay it out in this way, of course she'll say yes, because this is this is a no-brainer in some ways, maybe I don't know. Um, Potentially, can I just yeah point out what was going on with those their tea mugs because their mugs were the what on longest. earth was that <laughs> i was like wow that's the it was like the size of the, the of the actual little pot teapot it was like <laughs> long and thin and i was like oh, okay I, weird and, and also with like as the greatest of respect to the american nation um tea is a strange experience. I have I have been lucky enough to visit America. I have had what they call tea. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, will you just let me look after this one for you? Yeah. I'll, I'll do this for you, okay? 
Um, I got I mean, really, I get really distracted when they make tea on, on screen because I'm like, you're doing, you're doing it wrong. Like they pour the hot water and then it's like, why don't you put the tea bag into the kettle? Like we, that's what we do. We put the tea bag into the kettle, then you pour it once it's infused. You don't pour out hot water, then put in the, unless you're using a kettle, but they've given, like if we go somewhere, if you go to a tea house in this country and you order say like a peppermint tea, they will bring over the teapot already with the stuff yeah. in the tea bags. Yes. If you're in your own home or in the office, you would pour a kettle and put that, yeah, you know, the kettle, the kettle put, it, put yeah. it into your mug and then put it in. But this, they were, they were given the little individual teapots, but they hadn't put the tea bag in them. So it hadn't infused mm. already. So they were having to then infuse it, which to me was, was mad because if you've got more water in your pot, you've already rinsed, used all of your tea. You know, if you, if you have leftover water, you've already kind of used your tea bag on this bit of water that you had. So if you make one cup of tea, you can't have more than one cup of tea is what I'm trying to say, because... Right, because you haven't put the bags in the, in the yeah. teapot. Right. So that's just... Oh, yeah, water. that makes so sense, then you're, yeah. So th anyway... You can still only get one cup of tea. Yeah. I'm yeah. I, I, so I'm if you're British... I'm not a tea drinker, so I'm... Ah, uh, gotcha. So, and how long have you been a psychopath for, Ed? Um, is, okay, is, so... Is, <laughs> Does Pretty Patel know about you? Because you are <laughs> out of this country. <laughs> out. Oh, dear. Um, um, sorry, think... sorry. We literally said earlier we don't kink shame. Sorry, Ed. Sorry. <laughs> I drink green tea. Well, that's okay. That's still tea. Uh, lemon and ginger now and again. Um, I tried and, last I mean, night and a... the other day and it's not for me. Well, it's the same kind of thing. So if you went into like a, a, a tea shop or something and they brought over the teapot with your lemon and ginger yeah, in yeah. They'd put it in the pot rather. Because well, if you had exactly. it separately in your mug and you just had hot water and you poured out the hot water and then you no, went to pour more after it, yeah. would be, it wouldn't well, infuse well, would it? I've been to places like York's in Birmingham. Here's a plug. Please give me free breakfast. Oh, Nicely like done. Uh, Birmingham. You, you, have you been to York's? Oh, I've been to yeah, York's. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stevenson Street and uh, at the Icon Gallery, just so you know. Oh, it's at the Icon now. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. a little place. Hey, I think we've got a little place Icon. at the Icon. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, and I, I would like, oh, can I have some green tea? Because I was on a bit of a green tea kick, and they brought it out in a proper little pot with like a little sieve inside it, and they were infusing yeah. those bits in there. And that's how that it has Hills to be. Well. That's yeah. real tea, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was off delicious. the tea, I was buzzing off my. I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that distracted me, but yeah. So he asks Sorry. her out, and then he kind of insinuates. She starts trying to say no, but he insinuates the reason she says no is that they work together he has a rule yeah because of a rule and she just says okay i'll go yeah, with that because sure. it's path yeah. of least resistance this definitely won't come back and bite anyone <laughs> in the ass at any point um you could, you could see it literally in the moment of your, I know, like, I oh like, no oh, i expect no. to happen the same episode that she, he would see them somehow or oh, he's fire the her. joker he's the joker this is his origin story this is his origin he sees story, bruce yeah. wayne kissing um mm. Uh, could she be Selena Kyle? <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you know, is driven to, into a jealous rage, and then falls into an acid fat. Exactly that. That's exactly his origin. Um, you know, and then so Corday's had that moment. Then she has the hideous fight with Benton, which is not great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then she goes back on. You know, I think what I thought was going to happen was, you know, when. 
they're back, they're on the roof and he says right you're coming with me I thought he was going to go downstairs and announce to the ER and Romano would be in the corner like hearing it and crumpling up his piece of paper but he wasn't going to do it he was just going to take her to see the family so that crisis was averted um but again you know she 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 pierces into into him and gets gets happy bent and a good bent or gets him talking which yeah which is why they're more than fun buddies and why there's more going on there mm. isn't there like mm-hmm. and like if if and when say their physical relationship ends you know they'll stay friends yeah. or at least unless someone benton does something to <laughs> like really really ruin that you know that they're gonna be like this is with the greatest of respect to teenage dalliances this is not a teenage dalliance this is no. this is two grown-ups yeah they're the kind of people that actually if i was married to benton i probably wouldn't want him being friends with her because they're just they're so hot with each other i'd be a bit like sad for myself <laughs> i'm worried yeah. at yeah. what might catch fire um but yes it, it, it's quite a cute you know it's it's a really good relationship moving on scene for them a yeah. scene episode for them well yeah. both both both, both. <laughs> your, your freudian slip is in fact accurate so <laughs> there you, you go <laughs> um but yeah, so so that's Benton and Corday. So we've done Carter, we've got Anna. Um, I feel like Carol and Doug are probably next, but I don't want to miss anyone in this episode. Weaver could do Weaver. Weaver's got quite a little Weaver. Carol and Mark, they all say their their patience into is interwoven. Yeah, I think the big storyline is, is is the main patient, yeah. which yeah. takes Carol and Doug and obviously Mark along with it. So should we go to Weaver and then do this? Yeah. yeah, sure. This is so. This, so this storyline. Okay, so um, um, retiree couple come in. Um, the uh, they are engaged to be married. They will be married soon. Uh, because they they talk to Weaver about this. Uh, she has what's presenting as first of all, say a bad cough, which yeah. Weaver mm-hmm. says probably pneumonia. So she goes and so she runs tests and she gets. Uh, a result that says yes it's pneumonia and then weaver because weaver is brilliant comes up with the idea of do you have birds by any chance and then she's like yes we do she's like yep 100 percent. this is you know it's very very likely that you've got this very specific type of pneumonia that is pneumonia yeah you are a legend for getting that title down Um, it's i'll 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 think that we'll cover this as as the disease in focus Cool. Thank you. I um, have to just point out how much I love the fact that they, he has a falcon and it's called Sinbad. Like, how badass, how badass was all of that? Like, yeah. wow. Anyway, sorry. Love it. Love, genuinely love it. Falcon, the Sinbad. And then he eats partridges. Is that right? They, they kill yeah. him, the partridges at home? Yeah. yeah. Um, and every everything about this situation screams cute older couple. Yeah. Yes. And everything's okay. It's just, a li- uh, you know, it's just pneumonia, a little bit strange with the bird, but. It's yeah. it's not going to veer off anywhere. Exactly. And they talk about that they couldn't, uh, she's joking saying we can't go on honeymoon because who's going to look after Sinbad? And it's all so cute. And then the results come back. Yes. And yeah. again, it's, it's like they have Genie's bag of doom and, they, <laughs> and the writers were like, right, what do we do with this storyline? Let's open Genie's bag of doom. Absolutely. Genie's yeah. bag of doom. That's another alternative uh, title for this podcast. It is. Cards oh Corner and Genie's bag of doom. Yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately, apt. Um, <laughs> and it's a band so, name called it, but yeah. Uh, and then so, uh, you know, Maggie 
one of her two lines of the episode she gets to talk to uh weaver here which she stumbled upon and i was very unhappy because i thought you've only got two lines come on yeah and and she's going through the results um and she basically just not sort of blurts out like oh um yeah your patient tested positive for hiv mm. and weaver's just like that can't be my patient because first of all I, I didn't request an hiv yeah. test today she goes no it was it was marked for it uh, and then she takes it and you can just see like we it's not that Weaver's world is crashing down around her, but it's just the whatever I was expecting, it wasn't this. Yeah. And we as an audience were just like, we've had four seasons, three of which we've been dealing with Genie coming to terms with it. Mm. And still we have an idea of what an HIV positive patient looks like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's you see the realization that Weaver is stuck in this really tough place because she did, you know, she ordered it accidentally. You're not supposed to order them without, you mm. know, permission legally. So she's got, but then now she has this news legally. She has to treat the patient. Yeah. So it, it's that, oh, how do I get out of this? And her idea is to try and try and get her to consent to doing a HIV test. Um which obviously doesn't work because, you know, Miss Weinbach, which is the lady's name, is like, well, no, it's pneumonia caused by birth. Why would I ever uh, need that? Which leads Weaver to be like, actually, you've got HIV. I did it already. Um, yeah. And then the partner takes takes Weaver outside and <laughs> and it becomes really, and he kind of starts threatening, you know, like, well, you did it. You shouldn't have done that. And we could get you for that. And it becomes very, very clear, obviously, where her mm. HIV has come from. Yeah. And that he's obviously not managing it. It seems like he's obviously in denial about it. And he hasn't told her and he's possibly not treating himself. And Weaver says to him, you know, legally, I have to treat this. You know, I have yeah. to treat it. But also, the, you know, the leaps and bounds of where yeah. medication is, is so different. Because he's obviously, I mean, it was he still very well, stigma filled yeah. anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah, he seems fit well, but it's all still very stigma filled and, and he doesn't fit the idea of one, what we think an AIDS person looks like a HIV. But yeah. There's there's one thing I did like about even, so we're like, okay, fine. He, well, he clearly passed it on to her, or at least he is, I think, well, I think he passed it on to her. I think that's the way it's presented. Yeah. Um, at no point is there a discussion of, well, how did he acquire it? Yeah. It's exactly. not even mentioned. It's not brought up. It's not asked because it's not important. It's not. And I actually, no. I was waiting for it to be like I was in the war and I slept, you know, I don't know. I just was waiting for some, some kind of explanation, but they don't have it. And it's absolutely powerful because of that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. But it's also really sad that this couple, she, they're so excited about getting married. You know, they're older. They're planning their wedding. They're, gonna, they're talking about which is tiring her out which so it's not going to be just a little down the registry office yeah. you know it's obviously going to be a lovely wedding big kind of wedding or something important for them and they've got this huge secret between them which just broke my heart i think yeah it's because i suppose because of the nature of how one acquires hiv it, there is a very difficult conversation ahead of them, regardless of the diagnosis, which in itself is going to be a very difficult conversation because this, this lady came in complaining of shortness of breath. She's leaving with an HIV positive diagnosis. Um, yeah. And 
we've spent four seasons seeing how various people take the news. Some take it well, some don't. This will be a complete shock to her, which is going to be uh, belt across the head anyway, the fact that it's a shock, then having to come to terms. And all, all, all the, we can now say, usual stuff that goes along with the diagnosis yeah. on top of that. Now, there is the possibility that he hasn't been unfaithful that he had the virus previously and i'm assuming at this point he was aware because of how quickly he kind of pulls weaver to the side yeah and threatens you know straight to kind of defense rather than that's that's the thing and i think that's it's deliberately framed that way it's like no no he knew he definitely knew um and it's just a bit of a reminder isn't it out there like the way the different faces of and the way people live and you never know and get yourself tested and look after yourselves out there all those kinds of things um kind of come into it but yeah it was interesting because we had this moment with weaver like accidentally checking a box and it just was so unweaver like but but you know we have heard it's been really really busy and she's been pulled here or there and everywhere so yeah also a good thing that's it like and that's the other thing as well this simple mistake could save this woman's life. Yeah. yeah. Or at least put, you know, extra years where she might not have had, we don't know, you know. Yep. So there you go. That's that's Weaver, isn't it? That's her story. That that, that is Weaver. Yeah. She she only kind of kind of forgive the description, weaves in and out of the other hey. storyline. But yeah, that's that's her big one. So I think maybe for for this one now, we might if are okay with this we might move to doug now because mm-hmm. so this is i actually so for the per, for the uh, benefit of the listeners i actually text sharon and ed when this storyline started because this is a storyline that we will revisit um yes so it develops doesn't it it does so doug is involved in the initial case where the the young boy who ends up in surgery comes in of course he is the pediatrician on call mm-hmm now, he is also called to attend uh, a woman who brings her baby in and her baby is feverish and he's very, he's, he's unwell, he's crying, he's very uncomfortable. Now, she is also very uncomfortable and, you know, sort of presenting as if she's sort of jonesing for a fix. They, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no real ambiguity. No. Um, and I think within seconds, he, he kind of says, how long has your baby been on methadone? And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, we are getting straight into this. Straight then, no time yeah. to play. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's still, like, I'm vaguely conflicted about the mother in this okay. episode. So, right, in, in the plus column, she has brought the baby to the ER. Yes. So, there's, so there is a plus, right? In the X column, she, through her own drug use, she has given birth to a child who is addicted to heroin. Yeah. So yeah. That, is, that, is, that is an X. There is a plus is that she then, this was identified. She has, you know, made sure to an extent the baby is getting treatment which is this methadone. So it's not a very big tick in the check column, <laughs> but there, there is at least a, a mark in the check column. Now, and then, of course, the biggest massive X of them all is that she has been taking the baby's methadone. Um, 
a tiny, a tiny, 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 tiny little extension of that other tech is that uh, Doug says, well, if you're breastfeeding, she says, well, I'm not. Because he took, because he, he asked to ask her, you know, are you still using? She says, well, what does that have to do? Think, well, if you're breastfeeding, she goes, well, I'm not. Yeah. So she doesn't see this. This is why I'm completely. I am in the, on the one hand, you are a terrible, terrible mother. But on the other hand, it's like, but you're not trying to kill your baby either. No. No, and I think yeah. this is the complexity of addiction, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it, 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 this is what happens. The behaviours aren't always right or moral, and it's why we demonise people who are addicted because of all that. But actually, if it is a disease, you know, it's a disease, and, and what can she do? She's kind of trying to do the best, and she did bring the baby in, and she isn't breastfeeding. So, yeah, I completely see what you, you're saying. You know, it's... It's hard not to watch it and not have a reaction of God, this woman. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. it's another thing that ER does very well. You're like, right, yeah. I am ready to go bloody nuclear on this woman. And oh, because at one point, Anna just walks into the room and there's just a baby there. And she's like, does somebody own this? <laughs> and you know, yeah. Connie walks in and says, that's Doug's patient. And Anna's like, that's nice. Where's the. And then Doug comes in and you know, he's just, he's more exasperated than anything. Yeah. And Anna does say, you know, he goes, oh, you know, the mother obviously took off. And, you know, Anna just said, maybe she did the right thing. She's left the baby in the care of the hospital. Now, it could be the right thing for a selfish reason. We don't know. She's mm-hmm. not there. Has she gone for a fix? Has she gone home? We don't know. Um, but away from her is probably the best place for this baby right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we are left to assume that perhaps wherever she's gone, whatever she's doing, she knew the baby would be in good care and would be safer. Yeah. She hasn't left the baby on a street corner or put it in a bag on a bus. She's Mm. it's in the hospital. It's seen by a doctor. He has a doctor. He's being looked after. She may feel huge shame and feel like she shouldn't be there. Whatever the reason she's absented herself. And uh, and yeah, Doug is exasperated, but he's also not surprised. I think you know he's like, we, yeah. I, I, I see this a lot, um, which is a really sad indictment. I think about this this whole thing, but yeah. but yeah, it plants that seed because that that become this becomes a tree of a story, doesn't it? Yes, um, it does. Because I mean, the baby, great, right? The baby's right where it needs to be. The baby is strung out on methadone, which yeah. is a sentence that. It's horrific to say, yeah. Um, but it's like, right, we need to do something. Yeah. I mean, this, this yes. I hate to say it, this baby needs a fix for want of a much better word, yeah, but this baby needs medicine. So, so yes, this is something that, you know, there is basically that's sort of where the, um, that sort of, it's sort of like, right, put a pin in that for this week. Yeah. And you do get you get that kind of feeling of it as well. There is one more scene with Doug in this episode, but Doug's storyline sort of ends there. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I have to say, the way this whole episode begins is really loved up and lovely. So we get kind of Benton and Corday having their little morning, and then we get Carol and Doug. And although Carol is very nervous, they're making brunch for her mom, who is late. Yeah. It's really sweet. You know, Doug is very like, oh, she obviously likes me and she's coming and, being, you know, taking it all in his stride. And it's just showing their coupledom, which 
which is really cute and it feels very yeah. loved up you know these two kind of happy couples uh, well three because the door knocks and and <laughs> uh, and you know mrs carol's mom comes in with with her partner who i absolutely love it because he comes in and he really just doesn't realize carol had no clue about him he's yeah he's very confident and very casual it's like oh i brought champagne yeah we're, we're celebrating are we and both of them going who the yeah yeah and I mean Carol is just what the and Doug is just kind of smiling and enjoying it now he's gonna have to pick up pieces later but yeah um they end up bringing the brunch stuff you know to to work um and and this is where their stories well you know this is where Carol gets given the big storyline this week you know um Mm. the first we hear is somebody who suffered chemical burns is coming in on the chopper and then the big story unfolds with Green. So Green is up there with Carol and Corday, and they're welcoming the chopper, which has got somebody who's got chemical burns. And Green's very specific. He's trying to clarify, get the specific what kind of acid yeah. that is, obviously, because if it's one type, obviously it means one kind of treatment. If it's the other, treatment may not work. Is 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 mm-hmm. that it's not been said at that point, but you kind of from the way Green is asking, you get a sense something isn't right or that, that there's a worry there, isn't there? Um, yes. And we see the chopper, which we haven't seen for a while, and that, you know, delivers Mr. Canturner, who has, you know, been burnt. And what I think is really breaks my heart is he wasn't even meant to be at work Oh, that yeah, day. he's cooking for someone else, wasn't oh, he? You know, and then this happens to him, and he's obviously in a lot of pain, and Green and Carol are trying to look after him and green kind of says to carol would you mind staying with him because green knows what kind of day it's going to be and green also know sorry what kind of case and green also knows what he's not telling anybody at this point except for weaver uh, the truth um and that's it it's a really tough moment where he because all the way through at the beginning he's you can tell he knows something and he's not telling us and he only tells us when he tells weaver you know this guy isn't going to live in a side room, yeah. um, which is just, it's just horrible. It's grim. And there's, yeah. it's just that complete absence of hope. There's no urgency in the yeah. way once Mark hears exactly what it is. Cause I remember even actually before, before he said it as well, is it hydrofluoride or hydro hydrochloric? I think that was yeah. the question. Hydrochloric uh, or hydrochloric. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there because obviously I do not know. Uh, I was like, oh, well, if it's hydrochloric, he's already dead. Thinking hydrochloric <laughs> acid, you know, right, if you get that on you, it's gone straight through the skin and the, you know. And he was like, no, 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 no. That's the one we'd prefer in this situation. And they do, I think they say something like there is, ex- where there is extensive um, exposure anyway, second degree burns. Because even yeah. I was thinking, oh, second degree is not there. Kind of like, it's not great, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, no, second degree is not that bad. And then, but it's more that he's been poisoned more than anything yeah. else. So it's leaching out the calcium in the cells. And then that started to have an effect in the whole body. And it's leaching out the calcium in the cells around the heart and the heart muscles. So basically, I guess that means the heart's just going to fall apart and stop working. Yeah. And it just sounded, it was just like, that's it. There's the worst nothing we can do. Kind of. Yeah. And it's going to be sudden, you know, so yeah. Mark breaks the news and 
and the guy is like oh so you know is it months is it whatever and he's like it's 12 hours you know yeah. it's it's basically any moment you know you will not be here in two yeah. days in a day yeah. so it's it's just all those things you know not only was it just a, such a freak accident but the way you're dying that nothing can be done about it that it is happening so soon and there's a real sense of urgency from carol as to let's get you sorted your family he says yeah. he hasn't got family but actually when he finds out he's dying he admits he does have a daughter he really wants to see and he gives carol the number and she obviously calls up and the ex-wife is not interested she doesn't right. want her daughter to be part of any of this carol seems particularly it is a really sad story but i yeah. think and, and we learn there is a, another motivator for her because all of a sudden she kind of is starting to go really above and beyond. You know, she says, asks Connie to look after um, Mr. Cantona while she she goes out. We see her out in Chicago. She's tracked down the wife, um, Sandy, and she's saying to her, please, you know, come, he's about mm. to die. And Sandy, from Sandy's point of view, this guy walked out on them and has not been heard from and has not said anything and all of a sudden he's dying and he wants to bring the six-year-old to watch him die which I can completely get what she's saying because that here's somebody you don't know it's traumatic you know and Carol then comes out with the fact that she wished she would have could have said goodbye to her dad and we don't yes. know anything about Nothing. Carol's dad uh, this is the yes, first but, yeah. real we just knew he wasn't around. He wasn't there at, the, at her wedding to Dr. Beige. Um, yeah, it's it, it interesting as well with this poor chap. He was, he was in denial for so long, wasn't he? He was yeah. saying, oh, you know, I'll be okay. And he kept, and he refused the vent later on, but he just wasn't, it was like the classic five stages and he was really in denial. Do you know? Yes, actually, that's a great description. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, and Green knows because he says to yeah. Weaver before he signs off, he says, I haven't discussed the uh, about the mm. vent with him. Carol's going to look after this. I think it's too much right now because he knows it has to be done in stages. Yeah. He has to get to some form of acceptance before you can start saying, hey, yeah. would you like a would you like a vent? You know, um, he's an oh, I, I feel all right. And I'm like, he's slurring speech. He's altered from when he came in. He's not really. He's sort of, he's a bit all over the place. Do you know what I mean? It's, and he's on painkillers, which I think they think on, people forget, don't they? Yeah, they go, yeah. oh, but I'm okay. It's like, well, because we're giving you medication. You that's a heroic why. amount of morphine. Yeah. 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 And it's really tough. So Carol, you know, basically lays her heart out to this woman who says no. And Carol's yeah. kind of left with all these feelings because all of a sudden this death is bringing stuff up for her because she was mm. quite young when her dad passed. And she says to Sandy, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't get to say goodbye you know I, these are the things that will affect her and part of that so she's got kind of obviously her regrets but talking to Mr Canton has helped her because he's talking about his own you know the fact that he did walk away and that yeah. he didn't make it right he and he says something which I think is really heartbreaking he said I thought I could make it up to I thought I had time and I think that is so isn't that the clincher oh, I thought I had it. time you know and he don't he yeah saying to her if there's anything you regret Go fix it now. Yeah, yeah. now. Do and it. it's just like, whoa, because it's good advice any day. Absolutely. But we all, uh, to some extent or another, some more, some less, there is a manana. Absolutely. You know? And I think a lot of that comes with, we don't envision ourselves ever dying because of course you don't. But also as humans, we 
we don't want to think about the fact that we could die because it's yeah. it's terrifying and we probably wouldn't get out of bed if we sat and, and really thought about it so it is it, it can be the most debilitating piece of knowledge or the most invigorating piece of knowledge and it just and then on any given day it can just hit differently absolutely um, absolutely I, I remember this this is going to sound ridiculous i remember being like 10 or 11 uh and just like so upset one night like oh my god i'm gonna die one day and then like there's other days where i've just been like oh man i've got to get stuff done <laughs> like, yeah. like oh no yeah. I, I, like I've there's places on years see. left but that's yeah. what it is yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then like you know every now and again you're like yeah, yeah yeah or quite frankly i could be hit by a bus tomorrow yeah you know? totally. yeah or I mean, high fluoronic acid well that well that is a constant fear that i live in I must say, um, you do work at that factory. I've told yeah, you to there stop. are just yeah. vats of it in the countryside in County Wexford, isn't it? Well, that's why um, that's why I never leave home without a flask of calcium. Um, <laughs> it will protect so you. Milk. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just it, everybody's feeling horrible things, aren't they? You know, he's obviously knowing he's going to die. He's talking about his regrets. Carol's kind of been left with this open wound about, which has now been recently opened up about her own father. And she's watching this man die. And I think there must be, like, there are so many horrible things about this death, but I think one of them must be that you're dying, but also you can't move. So your death is, you can't even go out and enjoy any of things for the last time. Your death is you in this room or in this hospital, you know. Um, And then Carol is trying so hard to make it the best she can for him. She she says she'll arrange for a kind of uh, public notary to come in and, and he can make a will and make sure the money gets to his daughter Molly and she even says I'll take down a letter for you. you know I tried I couldn't get them to come I'll take down a letter and there's that scene where she reads it back to him oh, and he God. falls asleep and she's crying and I'm I crying thought he, no, I thought he died yeah. I thought that was him I thought that was just, him going because that's why she was so upset I think he was going in and out of consciousness oh, okay. because later Dora mentions that that it's quite late when, so it's I don't think it's as late when Carol's oh, okay. reading that note to him because Dora mentions the time of death a bit later and I think oh, it's, right. I think it's that, isn't it? It's he's out of consciousness. He's not he's not lucid and she's just left with all these horrible feelings. And as I said, so yeah, Doyle goes in because she doesn't realise Doug's asleep in that room. She kind of puts the light on and Doug wakes up and he's like, what time it is? And I think it's like three something in the morning. And she says, oh, you know, that guy died. So she'll be she'll be free now, ready shortly yeah. about Carol. The thing that I was mentioning at the beginning was I normally don't like it when they kind of build up, build up, build up, and then we don't see the death. You know, if you build up to something and then all of a sudden you don't see it, it's a bit like this it can feel a like a weird like payoff or like a yeah and a bit like what they do with Scotty but actually it worked during this time probably mm. because they had that moment early where he you know closed his eyes and all that but also I think because that wasn't the point of this and it it really worked yeah. for me that I I, I think cool. so I think it was a really affecting story I think you know and your description of the, the stages of grief was wonderful because you get to see both him and I guess Carol, in a way, is a yeah. representation of part of that as well, because she, you know, what she, she doesn't walk out of her shift per se. Like she was always coming back. Yes. But, you know, she goes to meet Sandy, you know, like kind of you sort of expect her to bring her back by the scruff of the neck. But it's not about that. It's about no. there are some things you can't fix, mm-hmm. you know. And I think as well, there are some things that like Carol is very much transposing her own 
thoughts onto Sandy yeah. and actually it, that might not work for Sandy sorry yeah for Sandy and for Molly she might bring Molly in and Molly that might really traumatize her about this man she doesn't yeah. know she forgets that actually she did know her dad a bit she remembers her dad what I love is that Doug waited for her you know he was yeah. sitting and he was waiting and he gets yeah. up and as soon as he's up he goes he goes to find her and and it's you know we see the bodies wrapped up it's ready everything's done basically it's that last stage of the work that Carol needs to do but she's had this revelation and Doug kind of appears and she says to him you know she she talks about the fact that all her life you know she lived her mom's version of events and she doesn't now she can't trust that what she remembers is what actually happened or if it was what her mom told her and there's a real sense of not actually even knowing why he died. like there's a real question over the fact that he could have committed to, like she did yes, talk about him I being was, depressed yeah and there I got being that an and I thought, accident which yeah. talks a bit to kind of me- mental illness in the family possibly as well and because, shame you know, that he and you know there's shame. A shame around suicide due to mental illness because it's you know it's one of those things it's an invisible illness yeah um and you just see somebody who's a bit who you might think oh depression they're just a bit sad they're a bit they're a bit fed up just smile (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly go for a walk walk have you tried feeling better (laughs) positive vibes only what the hell is that about anyway but yeah it's it's all that yeah and and actually i think what it's done is it's left the mom because then Carol says, you know, all my life, my mom has been like, you can't rely on men. Men are awful. It just makes me also see that she didn't, she doesn't understand mental illness. And for her, him committing suicide, if that's what he did, or is, is a betrayal because he should have just sorted himself out and he's yeah. just weak and he left her, mm. which is a really horrible thing. But basically mm. she's been saying that to Carol all her life. And now she's all happy in a relationship. And Carol's like, and here I am you know freaking out about our relationship and then she says to him you know I I say I want time but actually I'm scared to death of losing you and it's it's her moment to say that thing yes that she's been terrified of and it's a lovely moment because he just he's there and he holds her and she's apologizing and he's like it's not it's okay and I practically cheered at this point because I love this moment of so of clarity between the two and absolute on. I love that when he can be absolutely honest and just and say, "Look, this is how I feel," and he goes, "That's okay." And it's just like, oh, yeah. I read a quote about intimacy, and somebody was like, "People think intimacy is like sex or like this or that, but actually, true intimacy is you saying who you are and somebody accepting it." And I thought, yeah. yes absolutely that is exactly it in its beauty like and that's what this scene is it's so beautiful it's what we want I actually was a bit like okay I can handle the George Eads stupid storyline if it's (laughs) going to give me this beautiful Mm, moment because it was lovely to see them really come together and finally oh just the way he holds her and looks after her like it's just a dream I just love it's the reaction you want in that situation yeah Um, absolutely it's all right it's fine I'm here and he yeah. also he's 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 good as well as that. Like, you're gonna need to have a conversation with your mum. Like, yes. there's no kind of like, oh, we'll just pretend, we'll just pretend. There's none of that. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's yeah. and it's also you're like, he's not going. I told you so. Or right, let's go get married now. But you know, he's he knows that actually, she's voiced it now. But there's work still to be done. Talking mm-hmm. to your mum. 
us finding a new kind of normal, us figuring out what that means for us, you know, all of that stuff. But it 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 was quite a nice full circle to the to the whole episode because we started out mm-hmm. in quite a romantic place with Benton and Corday, and we've ended up, you know, the couples we started out with are couples still by the end, and have had beautiful tender moments by the end, and it felt just like it was wrapped in this really lovely bow, which I think it needed after that really tough storyline of watching a character die on yeah. the screen yeah. and and come to terms with dying on screen. I think. Yeah. And, that's the episode yeah there's it's 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 a it doesn't really wrap up much it kind of sets an awful lot in motion again and kind yeah. of deals with you know kind of like and then we'll see this isn't this um i so sorry uh in terms of then ivers yes um i was just, there's a couple of well there's what i wanted to say first which is howard mcgillen okay and he was the doctor at chase's clinic oh okay, okay. Um, he is actually he'd be better known as a stage actor, right? So, oh, he, the stage. He actually Sorry. held We'd love the, the record. Stage. Yes, he held the record. Now it's currently been beaten by someone else, but he held the record for the most performances of an actor in a title role of a musical, which was for the Phantom in Phantom yeah. of the Opera oh, on Broadway. Wow! Look at him That's being cool. a Phantom. 2,544 <gasps> product productions. Oh my God. Could you imagine being on like 2,430? Oh God. Just, I don't it's know. Like, anyway, how do you keep it fresh? That's my thing. I just, it's a miracle. I'm not saying yeah. that like people can't. I'm saying like, I think I really admire people who can, who can still it's incredible. find stuff. It's he was in, um, he was one of the many, many, many cameos in Tick, Tick, Boom recently which oh, okay. is okay uh, okay the yeah. great story uh, uh the great story of jonathan larson jonathan larson yeah um so that is one of my uh, well uh, yeah i think i think we all have the same one iber so he's one <laughs> of my, yeah. what would that be michael rapaport it would possibly be michael rapaport yes yes yeah he's done an, an, an astounding amount of stuff so he's he's been in the simpsons as a voice, obviously, uh, atypical um, on Netflix, but I, I just, you'll have seen him in something. Friends, it, Copland, Friends, Romance, exactly. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. He's prolific. Oh, yeah. Prison Deep Break. Deep Blue Sea, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Girl, <laughs> the War at Home. I think he did the War at Home. He played dad, and one of his sons was a, a real big nerd, and he's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I hated that because there was a moment where I think his daughter was dating a black guy and he had and it was just like, oh, God, mm. we're still having like, uh, I know we are still, but like, come on, move past it. I mean, it yeah. didn't get renewed, but I'm just, yeah, anyway. And yeah, he was Gary the cop in Friends who shot a bird uh, after moving in with Phoebe. Yeah, not 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 great. Not great. Um, Another one here. What's his name? Javier. Uh, who was played by just getting his name up again there Nessa. I'm getting too after this because you've just missed me out but you continue Javier yep <laughs> <laughs> and on, in oh. international on international women's day as well oh, oh my know. god where's your intersectionality jeepers go on sorry do you have any eyebrows for us this week sorry I I've got go. two but I'm gonna do them after Javier okay because this was really short Casulo yeah, uh, Guerrero, uh, who I knew as Enrique Salcida from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, cool. I love that film. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, so you remember when Sarah and the Terminator, they go down to Mexico to get the, just where John, to get the Gatling gun. 
Right. There we go. And he says, oh, you know, do you want, do you want my back teeth as well? She says, no, no, Rika, get your family out of here tonight. Uh, it's just okay. before the no fate carved into a table scene. Oh. Right. His voice, like in this in this episode of AI, he, he said something. I was like, that voice is really familiar. Then I had to look through the IMDb and there was nothing that jumped out at me. So I didn't really, there's nothing I could go with that. Okay, so my two, the first I'm going to go with is Taraji P. Henson. <gasps> who played Patrice Benton. You may know her from things such as Empire, Hidden Figures, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Hustle and Flow. She's had a very long career and she's someone I personally think is absolutely awesome. And I loved her in Hidden Figures. And I also love, I love how she is taking, as a black actress is, it's always kind of defying expectations. She's not just playing this one type of role. Mm. She's out there do, and she fights for that. And I, and I really love that about her. And my second one is James Legros, who we don't meet properly. Properly, he plays Max, the boyfriend, who we're going to meet properly next time. Oh, but okay. he is, he does appear at the end of this, and he's from things like oh, Annie McBeal. Yes. Yeah, he was in The Good Wife, Drugstore Cowboy. And a particularly memorable SVU where he plays this really horrible rapist who is so sadistic and he basically torments his the person who is played by Jennifer Love Hewitt and he torments her by he checks into this hotel and then he go cut, like leaves out of the window so he has his alibi and then rapes her and then when it goes to trial he's like she's very much like it was him and he's done it before to me and he's like, I've got this alibi, I've got this alibi. And it turns out, he, so she thinks she's going mad. It's uh, I literally, it's that one has stayed with me and oh, I've wow. seen a lot of them. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's been in also, there's so many things, but those were the things I knew him from. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that's the Ivers. I had Taraji P. Henson as well, but I've not seen, I recognise from bits, but I'm, I've not really seen which that she's in. So. <gasps> you haven't seen Empire? Haven't seen Empire. No. <gasps> She's amazing as Cookie. Yes, the show goes down, but oh my right. god, the first couple of seasons, her Cookie is one of my favorite favorite things. Characters. Well, back to cookies. Um, cookies always important. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna. This week's disease in focus, which is horrible, um, is psittacosis or psittacosis pneumonia. Um, it's an interesting one, and it's also quite timely because it's. So it's called a zoonotic infectious disease. So it's where a disease is passed from an animal species to hum- to humans, a bit like COVID. If, if anybody remembers COVID. Nope. Um, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's caused by a bacterium called Chlamydia cytosai. Um, and the reason I know about it, like I, I made the connection, is because one of my favourite dinosaurs is Psittacosaurus, which is, it's literally like parrot lizard. And it's, it's got like a, a parrot-like beak and they're really cute. I think they're really cute. But um, anyway, that's me and my weird dinosaur issues. Um, but, no but kink yeah. shaming. Yep. No. <laughs> okay. The theme for this week. <laughs> yeah, we are accepting. So yeah, it just, it, it sounds pretty horrendous. Um, mm. it, the, in the first week, it mimicked, the symptoms mimic typhoid. So you get high fevers joint pains, diarrhea, conjunctivitis, nose blood, nose bloods, nose bleeds, spleen enlargement can happen, and then it become, might become a serious lung infection. Um, and it, 
it is quite an odd one. It's, it's you, we don't think about zoonotic, well, maybe didn't you think about zoonotic conditions? We might think about rabies, that's one. But but yeah, apparently there was a 1929 to 1930 global psittacosis pandemic. Pandemic, I don't know that word. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon, I know. It's It just seems sort of so timely in a way, but um, it affected 750 to 800 people globally, which obviously is a fraction of what's happened in the last couple of years. But um, I was having a bit of a scroll down and having a look, and it's... Um, uh, the the infection in birds is generally kind of like one of these background infections that a lot of people have but during times of stress it'll come to the fore and obviously mm. the, the back in the day birds that were imported from south america were packed into crates yeah yeah and that's you know a bit of a stressor and so it, it would flare up if you like and, it, and i was just having a look and in the United Kingdom, cases reported in Birmingham, United Kingdom, in mid-1929. I knew there was something off about you. <laughs> I'm not from Birmingham. Um, you did live there in 1929. You can't true. deny yeah. it. <laughs> I have pictures of you in the roaring 20s in Birmingham. <laughs> Dressed like a flapper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's um, quite a an interesting, I, I think it's interesting, but yeah, the countries affected are as far flung as Algeria, Canada, Czechoslovakia, Honolulu. Well, it's not a country, but um, Poland, Netherlands, Egypt, Mexico. Yeah, it's it. It was pretty much global, but obviously not as bad as the current pandemic. Right. Okay. There we go. On happy note. On a happy note, we are calling it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, at you set the tone pod or at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone. <laughs>